That's Finian on the left, Poppy in the middle and Rosie. And how old are they in this picture? I think they're two, three and four. And how there. old are they now? And they're now six, seven and nine. Underneath there's a super picture of, I don't even know what it is, is it a trolley? Yeah, it's a, it's a festival trolley. And the idea is you can put them all in the trolley in their pyjamas at night time, stick a duvet on top and then wander off and watch a gig with a can of cider or whatever and they'll fall asleep hopefully and then you can just roll the trolley back to your tent and lift them into bed. They don't look like they're going to sleep though, do they? No, no, maybe not for a while. I think we might have been watching Mr Tumble. <laughs> and then underneath that, there's a lovely photograph of two girls on mm. a bike. Are those yeah. your two girls? Yes, yeah. They're very close. They do fight a bit, but there's only 13 months between them, so they're very, very close. And then the last picture above, I recognise that. The St Michael's Mount, yeah, in Cornwall. A really wonderful holiday that was funded by a charity a wonderful charity that helps families that have been bereaved we had a, a wonderful holiday there and the reason why you're bereaved is you lost your husband and over here is a really beautiful photograph of that's me and my lovely my lovely neil on our honeymoon beaming with newlywed bliss <laughs> But then we sort of move on to the photographs above and it really kind of tells a very telling story, doesn't it? Because yeah. you can see it almost looks like a different person in the photographs above. He wasn't terribly well in this one here with Finian. I think Finian's about three. And he's nine now. Yeah. And that's with Poppy and that's with Rosie. I really wanted these ones on the wall because I wanted the children to see themselves with their dad. You know, he was there holding them. You join me in Yeovil, in the home of Josephine Pepper and her three beautiful children. Like me, Josephine is a single mum and the first of three individuals I'll be meeting in this series to explore the challenges of being a single parent. I was 36 when I became pregnant with my son, who's now nine. I was living in Thailand at the time, working as a journalist, DJ and TV presenter. I was living the dream, really, when I became pregnant and I made a very hard decision what to do and I actually returned to live in the UK. I was on my own from the very start, from the get-go I was a single mum. But I've come to meet Josephine to find out what it's like when you're part of a couple and your husband dies and you have to become mum and dad to three children and have to try and keep things going for everyone. So we've seen from the photographs that you had, you know, a really special bond. What was life like with Neil and the children when they were very young? It was lovely. I was so excited to be a mum. I was really enjoying watching Neil growing into being a dad, which he loved. He really loved. It was utterly, utterly exhausting because three small babies are really, really keep you on your toes. So it was kind of intense, but exciting and fun. I really and enjoyed it. Just to clarify the ages of your children. Well, when Neil got his diagnosis, I think they were one, two and three. And how long ago now is it since Neil died? It's uh, five years this year. Yeah, it was 2011. So when was it that you first found out that Neil was ill? Well, my actually I was I was pregnant with my youngest Rosie when I lost my dad as well, which was really really sad because I love my dad very much. So we were a bit sad anyway, and I think about 
maybe six months or a little bit more after that, Neil was starting to find it difficult to swallow and it was a bit uncomfortable. And eventually he got an appointment to have a camera down. He went with his mum because we were just so busy. I mean, I had three babies here. We weren't worried. We thought it was probably a hernia or something. That's what they suggested. And they both came back in sobbing and crying. And I I couldn't believe it. I said, what's going on? And, And they said, well, they just came in straight away and said, you've got cancer. I literally didn't know what to say. I was completely shocked and I couldn't believe they were so upset. I was like, well, okay, it's... He's not going to die or anything. I mean, come on. I just couldn't believe it. I was completely stunned. When did it sink in? Wow, that's, yeah. I think it's kind of a gradual realisation. But we had very extensive surgery and then they found that it had spread. So we were pretty sure then that there wasn't going to be any coming back from that. So he must have spent quite a lot of time in the hospital. You must find that you were having to live like a dual life with your husband so ill in hospital. Yeah. Three children so young who presumably didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah, no, they didn't. I mean, I said that daddy wasn't very well, but they didn't really grasp what that meant. And then how would you cope going from seeing him in hospital? to then seeing these young children who just want to play with mummy, presumably. Yeah, they did. It it was actually very painful leaving him behind, but in some ways it was kind of a relief because they're tiny and they're full of beans and they're pleased to see you. So we'd go running around the park or we'd leap up and down on the trampoline and we'd laugh and we'd play. So I got to leave behind, you know, even though obviously there wasn't a second where I wasn't thinking about what was really going on you have to kind of leave it behind and be there with your children in the moment so after neil died did you find the children were asking where where's daddy actually the next morning i just told them i just told them that daddy had died i mean we did have some support from the hospice it sounds really shocking to imagine saying to a a tiny child that their daddy has died but to them it's just a word what you do then is you tell them what that means it was very hard for me to say but to them it was just words the understanding comes slowly over time although with the hospice we did collect some insects like a dead bee and and some other a ladybird and things like that i explained i think this was on the day of the funeral that these creatures were dead and that they weren't going to fly anymore or move anymore and they wouldn't be coming back and we put it in a box and we buried it in the ground and I said now now we're going to go to daddy's funeral and that's what we're going to do with daddy Um, so yeah I think it's very important for children to know the truth and to not have a fluffy version of what's really going on so I think that was the best way to do it after Neil's death you have to suddenly become mum and dad and you're a single parent how did you deal with that situation I think initially you go sort of slightly numb you're kind of in shock even though you know it's coming nothing can prepare you for the reality of that person ceasing to be in your life and I was quite shocked 
Neil's family were lovely. They were close by and people do their best, but it's just me and three kids. So I spent quite a lot of time at the local soft play center watching them crawl around and a lot of time outdoors, just watching them really, and just really absorbing the, the reality of our new circumstances. You have to go day by day in the beginning. That's all you can do. Yeah. Do you think that you deal better with your grief because you had your children? It sounds terrible. I was going to say, I think it worked for me. I know other people who, who didn't have children and they've lost their partners. And I think that's been very hard. I've had to find what's great about life because when children are small, that's what you want them to see what's great about life well look here we are the sun's shining or it's oh isn't it fun it's raining or whatever's going on you need to find what's fun and exciting and explore the world together and I think if I hadn't had the children I might have gone into a very dark place and stayed there for ages I think when something like that happens it can be I've often described it as it's like a bomb going off in your life and then once the shock sort of wears off and the dust clears you've faced with this it's an overwhelming feeling of grief and you feel really changed I felt changed almost like there was a glass wall between me and the rest of the world I quite often told people if I bumped into people or chatted to people in the park or whatever I quite often told them because I felt like I wanted to say nice to meet you but I'm not normal by the way because my husband's just died I felt like I had to tell people because I thought otherwise they're going to think I'm strange or or mad I mean not everybody reacts like that but I just felt like I had to explain to people this is not a normal version of who I am because of this thing that's happened and yeah there were definitely some very very dark times which would happen when the children were in bed and it's very lonely incredibly lonely it's a, a huge shock to have someone sharing every aspect of your life and parenting and then suddenly they've gone there isn't that person who's got the same interest in your babies as you have, you know, what you thought about the potty training and all that kind of stuff. So it's fantastically lonely. There are times when you just think, I just, I'm just going to have to sit with this feeling. There's nothing I can do to change it. It's happened. And the first hurdle is really just accepting this has happened. I'm going to have to face it. Um, how do you go about keeping him alive in the children's memories? When I talk to the children's teachers and say, oh, you know, their father's died and, you know, we talk about what they're going to do on Father's Day and everything, I say, please, can they still make a card? Because they do have a father. He's not here, but they do have a father. And, you know, it's absolutely appropriate that they should be making him a, a Father's Day card and say that they're thinking of him and that they miss him, which we do. Because part of him, I think, is still in me. I know what he'd be laughing about. So they'll be doing something or saying something and I'd be, oh gosh, your dad would absolutely love that. He'd think that's hilarious or he'd really enjoy that or he'd be so proud of you for doing that. We talk about him quite a lot. I find, as a single mum, it incredibly hard to cope with the relentless chores. How do you cope with three children? There is absolutely no alternative. And as a mother, my job is to lead by example. That's, you know, you can say any words you like, but it's what you do. 
that really teaches your children. So all I can do is just do my best. I mean, there were times when they were babies that I was really disheveled. It was very hard. I mean, my little sister called me and couldn't understand why I was crying because it was the end of the day and I hadn't had a chance to wash or even put any decent clothes on or anything because I was just complete wreck. And I, and I thought, well, you know, why would she understand that? You know, Finding Nemo, Dory says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. That's exactly how it is, just keep swimming. From what you've experienced, what has this taught you about life? To cherish tiny moments of happiness, to cherish people that you love, and bear in mind the impact of your interactions with people so things that Neil said to me I still carry with me every day to keep me going I know when he would say babe sit down and have a glass of wine just relax and he also would say just remember you're amazing and little things that he would say they're still with me now and I think one day maybe something that I say to someone will be something that they're hanging on to too so that's really important and also you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. So if I'm gonna raise a happy family, guess who's got to be happy and okay. Yeah, 